saw when he finally saw real football. Oh, how are you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing a lot better now that the regular season what is here. Thank God. My name is Matt Savoca at Draftaholic on Twitter. Across from me today, William Spinato at W Spinato on Twitter. Two N's, one T. And look who we got. On this fancy team here, I like it. Via satellite, George Sloten. Yes. At George Sloten, everybody, what's up? Call me Queen. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah, we got the jokester here. George, uh, shout out to you. George went to help his family uh, there in the Carolinas. They're bracing for the storm. And, uh, yeah, he's a real mensch. He went down and he helped out the the family business. And, you know, uh, shout out to you and yours. Sometimes there are things bigger than football. We're going to be getting into some great analysis. But we just want to say hope you and yours are happy, healthy, dry, clean. Have what you need for this weekend, supplies-wise. That's right. Thank Thank, about you, buddy. Right. Thanks for showing up, buddy. Even Thank you, buddy. Uh, Glad to be cool. here. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly, um, shout out and uh, prayers to all the uh, people down the southeast for uh, for uh, hopefully, which will be uh, a, a very a very small storm that we'll hopefully go out to see. So, uh, but glad to glad to be with my two guys talking about some football after a bad fantasy week, but a fun weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh man, the football was so good, though. I mean, is there a reason why we watch sports other than to see things like Aaron Rodgers and what he did on Sunday night? Possibly uh, one of his best comebacks ever. If it was a playoff game, we'd be talking about one of the greatest comebacks in sports history. I mean, it was incredible to watch after the Bears and Khalil Mack looked good to start it off. That was exciting. Some exciting defensive play, and then he just came right back out and said, no, I'm taking this win. Did Aaron Rodgers like get? Did he like go in the locker room and like get someone else's leg and then put it on? I, I, Is that you what's... have to you have to Google this video of Aaron Rodgers post game interview. He did something in that locker room. I don't want to speculate, but let's just say that that man did whatever was necessary to get on the field. I believe he. Did. I heard he. I heard he called Barry Bonds and said, "What do I?" I, I don't think Balco was involved. I don't want to name names. That's important. We don't want to speculate. But too much go here. and watch the interview. But watch the interview. It's worth. It's also, worth the the fireworks with Patrick Mahomes mm, and the Chargers. That kill. Oh yeah. my gosh! Uh, just great to see that all back in action. That's going to be the real deal. Uh, we got an exciting slate of week two games. are already into week two. By the time you see this, Thursday night football will have already happened. The I'm Ravens sure. will already have put a beating on the Cincinnati Bengals. No, I'm just kidding. But it's oh, going to be a good divisional yeah. matchup for sure. I like seeing the new Ravens look. I yeah. don't know about you guys. Uh, but the Lamar Jackson looks. Yeah. That was exciting. Really interesting. Definitely felt confident offensively, which is something to be proud of. Yeah. Always. I'd like, to, I'd like to see. Can I request more Alex Collins on the field, please? Sure. Yeah. I mean, that would be good. I mean, I, I think they actually got to a point where they were taking Alex out because of the weather. Like, why? Why risk you, uh, the weather? You mean that weather is they're up forty? Right. Combination <laughs> of factors. I mean, that, that, that's not their plan. So don't look at that stat line and, and forget the weather and and what happened in that game. They were up by forty points very early on. Yeah. And unfortunately, Kenneth Dixon did go down late in that game. It looks like he's going to miss some time. Yeah. He, unfortunately, it looked Ruby. like a great prospect just cannot stay on the field. Okay, guys. Quick question of the hour. I want to ask you guys, so you've had your week one games, and you're seeing a couple things. Oh, man, I can't believe you got points for that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't believe you, you know, that's the way the fantasy football goes sometimes. But is there anything you would change about the scoring settings for a typical league or a wrinkle in a league that you like to see or you especially like to play with? William, we'll start with you. Well, I was going to troll you here, Matty, and, and suggest my all-time favorite possibility of uh, punter scoring. 
Uh, no, which is something that I would really like to see. We're not doing that. We all we all don't like kickers here at Draftaholics, and and this year our league almost voted out kickers. Ugh. I finally changed over to the other side, but next Thank week you. I'm going to propose a punter rule. No, I'm just kidding. But I, I do have to say something that I have really liked seeing in some leagues is points for first down. I feel like that's an interesting wrinkle that you can throw in and change the value of skill position players. I also feel like, in a unique way, it aligns the scoring and fantasy a little bit more with effective players in the real game of football. If you're a, a skill position player that gets a first down for your team, that's going to lead you more towards victory than just your average what, you know, four-yard reception or whatnot. It, it reflects the game a little bit more. I especially like what it does for tight ends. Um, it, it's, it's an interesting format that I think everyone should consider exploring in their leagues, wanting to spice it up a little bit, and have your scoring be different than just the rest of the field. Um, you could have somebody win your week that doesn't win anyone else in other standard leagues. They're weak because uh, they got a lot of first downs for their team. Yeah, I know Sleeperbot, uh, new, new kid on the block as yeah. far as league management goes. They have points for first down. Shout out to ESPN and Yahoo. Make sure you add that as well. Uh, little yeah. points for second, third, and fourth down is fine too. <laughs> yeah, just just a bonus point anytime, like not just PPR but Any, another PPR. Exactly. Okay. A little sure, humble exactly. brag here. Sure. I did. Uh, I played in the Scott Fishbowl, Scott Fishbowl Seven last year, and that introduced points for first down for me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, no, go look it up. The top overall satellite score in 2016 was yours truly. Hey. Brag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know which way yeah, you are, man. Yeah, yeah. He might be mirrored via satellite. I love that the He's idea that you're just pointing the wrong direction. George, how about you? What's your wrinkle, buddy? So uh, I'm going to bring up uh, what, what what happened to AJ Green in Week One. Um, he he fumbled the ball twice, and he recovered it once. Or let me let me say it this way: the Bengals recovered it once. Yeah. I think any time any player fumbles a ball, no matter if the same team recovers it, you should be penalized for it. And that would mean that my home team league would have been penalized for uh, A.J. Green's second fumble. But you just can't have butterfingers in this league. Yeah. It's an important thing to uh, to have ball control, and there are a lot of players like you know Amir Abdullah suffered from it. Uh, Nick Chubb suffered from it in uh, in the preseason a little bit. Um, if you're gonna if you're gonna lose the ball, I think you should lose points, even if your team recovers the ball. So that is something that I think uh, is a wrinkle in in scoring that could be overcome in some sort of customization, and something that I would uh, throw out there to our league or any other league. What if you yourself recover it? So what if AJ Green himself, as opposed to another Bengal, recovers it? Um, then I think that's fine okay. because sometimes you know you can you can fumble the ball before. It's, yeah, I think if the same pl- I, th- I think if the same player recovers their own fumble, that's fine. Sure. But a lot of the time that doesn't happen. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, I like I like that wrinkle. I do know in some league management you can do a point for a fumble and then a, a fumble, fumble loss. loss. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think that should be standard. Absolutely. So for me, it's a league wrinkle that I really like. Uh, I think the scoring changes uh, that you said, I, I totally agree with. I really like points per first down when I got a chance to play with it. Uh, for me, it's all about the final week of the regular season. Make it interesting for the league mates. Folks, it's called the Bonanza in our home league. That's the week 13 matchup is not actually head-to-head. So you know that most of the time you're playing against an opponent and you want to outscore them and then you get a victory. There are some wrinkles to that, but that's for another time. With the Week 13 Bonanza, what happens is it becomes an all-play. And if the team that gets the top score of Week 13 wasn't going to make the playoffs, 
that changes right then and there. So William, well, you were the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, William, you were lucky enough to last get year. in last year. Tyreek Hill, Robbie Anderson, points bonanza. I it was that. a magical week, mm-hmm. and so the way that you adjust wild card weekend, the typical twelve team league, you got six teams making the playoffs. You add that seventh team, and the top two scores move on to the semifinals, where you just go four and then two for your finals. It's one of the best ways to keep all of your league mates engaged. It completely changes the trade deadline because all of a sudden right. everyone are buyers yeah. and that really affects the way that the game moves forward and you know maybe you are lucky enough to have one of these first round buy teams these juggernauts you want to be able to trade at the deadline and a lot of times you find these leagues where half the league is checked out because yep. they've got no shot the bonanza changes all of that. I think it's we were the talking trades last year all the way up to the bonanza, specifically because I I still felt like I had a shot, and hey, I ended up getting it. But it kept me competitive in the league, and I, and I stuck around with my interest a little, maybe two or three weeks longer than I might have given up per se. Yeah, yeah. or level of engagement, the number right. of minutes, hours of the week that right. you you do it. Guys, William, you were you were competitive while not being competitive. Right. Well, that's also say. just kind of my style. That's, the, <laughs> that's you in life. That's you in life, really. Optimist. I just feel like my team is yeah. great. My fiance calls me Optimist Prime. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a great nickname. Yeah, that's nice. a great nickname. Yeah. Shout out to William's also fiance. a gamer tag. Yeah. Oh, if you see me on the your my gamer tag. Oh my goodness. All right, guys. So before we move right on into week two, I do want to go back and take a look at our lineup from last week. Mm, our good, one man. lineup to rule them all, <laughs> William. So close. All right. Well, first we'll do our draft because William can't wait to yeah. brag. Not so humble brag. Just want to recap here a little bit. You know, my team of Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, who electrified a connection. Atop, uh, with a little cherry on top of Tyreek Hill. The freak. Yeah, that's Boston what Luke on a punt return. Boston he wasn't Luke's the cherry. The he was the entire cupcake. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But also I had Ty Gurley and Melvin Gordon. All of my players scored 20 or more points. Well, Gronk was slightly under 19.8. So that's that's pretty explosive. 126 points for my team. George came in second with 98.6 points. He had Watson and Hopkins who connected, but not enough. He yeah. had Kamara, who could have won his week if you had a team that looked more like mine as a whole. Uh, and then Ezekiel Elliott, who we swapped in at the last minute because of the, uh, the Bell situation. And uh, Mr. Keenan Allen, who did get that solid 20 spot. Then Matt, just a few points behind, 93.26. He had Drew Doobie Doo with 31 points. Great quarterback choice, but David Johnson and Dalvin Cook a little bit underwhelming. We like Dalvin Cook's usage, but not a draft winner this week. Agreed. And then Antonio Brown and A.J. Green, who scored enough. But not quite. Yeah, I think they were like hits instead of hits. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's really all I can say. Yeah. Uh, Dalvin Cook, you know, what do you have, 10 and a half points? That's just not going to do it. That's not going to win you a three-person draft when you've no. got the number one overall receiver on one person's team and the number one overall running back on the other. Uh, simple as that. We'll do better next time. Yeah. Uh, we'll take a look at the one lineup to rule them all now. We put in a FanDuel lineup that ended up with 139.9 points. To make money in the Sunday Million on FanDuel, you needed 149.8. That puts us at 93.39% of the cashing rate. That's a B grade. That's, we can do better than that. Yep. We will do better than that. We owe it to you guys. Good thing we didn't have to put I'm too sorry. much money on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. All right. So, did you feel it? Did you feel it where you were, George? We're moving on. To week oh. two. Wow, that magical tally. We just transitioned amazingly right into week two. It I felt good. It. it felt good. And we're going to come back with the matchups to watch right after this. And just like that, we are into week two. Here we go. The matchups to watch. 
Uh, this is where we just talk about, as a fan, as a fantasy analyst, what we're really looking forward to. These matchups, it could be a team versus a team, it could be a player versus a team, it could be player versus player if it's a great wide receiver quarterback matchup or something like that. William, start us off with your Week 2 matchup to watch. Alright, my Week 2 matchup to watch is the Bears versus the Seahawks. First of all, do you guys ever think of games about like the team name opponent or um, component in real life like versus each other? So first of like all, I'd love Seahawk to see like yeah, a Seahawk take out a bear, a bear. Yeah. through the eyes or something like that. How, how would they handle that? Anyway, sorry, but uh, Week 1 was a little bit disappointing for the Bears' exciting new offense with Matt Nagy. Um, I feel like... When Aaron Rodgers came back with one of the best comebacks we've ever seen, it kind of fizzled yep. out anything that was exciting about the first half. I'm, I'm not saying the Bears were some kind of magical uh, performance, but you know I'm excited to see what they can do against the Seahawks D that has good corners, but wasn't is still rebuilding. Is not as good as we thought they've always been. I I, I am excited to see uh, the Bears D against a struggling offensive line, I kind of fear for Russell Wilson. I think basically this is their second swing. They've got one strike against them. They weren't able to pull off their creative offense against the Packers. We're going to see if they can do it against the Hawks. We also need to gather some information about the Seahawks. So I'm, I'm, I'm watching this game to see which receiver is going to emerge in the absence of Doug Baldwin. This is a great opportunity to gather some information regarding these two teams. Yeah, Tyler Lockett, if there was ever a time to step up into that role we've been hearing about in the fantasy football world, it seems, for years. It's now, man. Let's go. Let's he finally has the opportunity. Yeah. Brandon Marshall, over, you can catch touchdowns, but it's Lockett. He's got to take this role on. Yeah, I would love to see it for my dynasty teams. Don't forget <laughs> about Chris Carson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I'd like to see what he can pull off, but, again, against the Bears front, I feel like that's going to be a little bit scary. I'm looking at the receivers. Uh, he'll go for I think yards. they dictate this game. So my matchup to watch is the fireworks game number two. It's Chiefs-Steelers. There are going to be DFS players all over the world, the nation, who are going to be playing so many players from this game because I feel like, and I agree with many of these people who say that it's a little bit of a fluke with that Cleveland-Pittsburgh game. Mm -hmm. uh, division matchups sometimes work that way. The Browns mm -hmm. are a competent team. Let's just call them what they are. They are a competent okay. NFL team at this point. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they're using their personnel optimally or anything like that. They're going, they're going to win a game eventually. And the Steelers were anything but the well-oiled machine we know them as. Patrick Mahomes is going to put up points, and they're going to have to respond, and that's usually great for fantasy. Bottom line is, five, six, seven different players could go off in this game. I want all of them for DFS. I want both quarterbacks. Uh, oh, man. If you have a two-quarterback lineup with Roethlisberger and Mahomes, it's that's going to be this match. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Mahomes only needed Hill last week to win the game. Period. He's going to need more than that to take on the Steelers. Four points. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're right. A Can you imagine if he was Patrick Mahomes the fourth? <laughs> yeah. Been it would so much better. It, I yeah. guess so, yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess it would be more powerful that way. I have not been ex as excited for a player in the league since Brett Favre. Yeah. This guy can sling it. Yeah. George, what's your matchup? Wow. Browns v. Saints. Okay. okay. I really want I really want those Clevelanders to unlock that refrigerator those refrigerators filled with beer. <laughs> they were so close last they week and I think it. this is I think this is the week. I wonder if this porous Saints defense can contain a running quarterback along with the wide receiver core that just last week got straight up beaten by Deshaun Jackson a couple of times. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin also contributed. Way the to Saints go, defense the that's right, Moonshot. The Saints D surrendered five hundred and twenty nine total net yards last week, hundred and twelve on the ground, four hundred and seventeen through the air, gave up forty eight points. 
The Browns had 177 rushing yards last week, including Tyrod's 9.6 yards per rush attempt. Uh, I mean, they the, the Browns looked, again, competent, but I also thought the Saints' deep was competent, and I also thought the, thought the Buccaneers' offense was incompetent. So, uh, a lot of question marks here, and I am really rooting for a Cleveland uh, city that's lost their king and King James, and uh, need a little bit of a, I don't know, I just want Hugh Jackson to win a game. I want to see what he would do at the end of the game. Is he going to... I like the story. I do. I'm I'm a fan of this. I would love for the Browns to unlock some kind of offensive production. If the Browns win this game, it is going to be pandemonium. Oh, they're in go New nuts. Orleans, they are going to be apoplectic. They yeah. don't have a first-round think... pick next year, yeah. guys. It's, it cannot be rebuild time. They must reload and get this they on have the right to. track. Right. I actually think that some of the people in New Orleans would celebrate their win for them on Bourbon Street. Yeah? Okay. I think yeah, at a certain point in the evening, they may just sort of forget their troubles, but uh, I don't think they'd be happy yeah. at, at the clock hit zero if they were in the losing side. Of you know what I always say, when in doubt, jazz it out. <laughs> You've never, ever said that. I've never said that. <laughs> <laughs> it's first time for everything. All right, please, please, let's go into our week two draft. Yeah. All right, uh, finally, we're going to break down a draft, and guys... The draft app has been killing it. They've already got great stuff for yeah. one. Some really? new contests. Yeah. I had a lot of fun on Monday night. I not only cashed in against these three guys, but on Monday I thought it was interesting with the two games showing up that you could participate in these new contests they're doing. They've got Dream Team and uh, new auction drafts. And not to mention, you can try out, if you scroll down to the bottom of the of the football page of Pro contests, up. there's some $0 entries that you can make. So I, I was nervous about trying auction for the first time with real money. You can jump in these. Like you, You'll definitely see me there if I'm um, doing my morning activity, if you know what I mean. That's my <laughs> favorite new thing. Uh, uh, get in a quick auction draft. doesn't take very much time. I, I entered a dream team lineup where basically there's no salaries and you can pick whichever player you want. The top 25 out of 111, I think, were in the $1 contest. Cash, the first place person get 25 bucks. I believe he had uh, Isaiah Crowell. Stafford and Tate as a so, stack. So just to clarify here, you yeah. get, it, it, unlike a draft, you would get, if everyone wanted Matt Stafford, they could all have Matt right. Stafford. Right, and so right? there were, I think there were about 15 of us that had Matt Stafford, and we all, okay. most of us cashed. Like, that was, he was the best scoring quarterback. Uh, was he really? No, no, he wasn't the best scoring quarterback, but for some reason about 20 people had it, so all of us cashed. I don't know, it's, mm. it, it's an interesting... It's an interesting uh, new tournament that's on draft, and I think you should, you should check it out. And especially when you have the opportunity to try some of these out for free, um, it's it's fun to watch, and I'm excited to do more of them. Totally. Yeah. What was that? What was that morning activity? Or was that like you taking when the Browns to the Super Bowl? Yeah, exactly. I, taking I, the Browns to the Super Bowl. Wanna, oh man, I just yeah. want to keep on going. Please, let's fight right, through so this. The, shout out to Draft. You guys are doing awesome stuff. Uh, the only thing that's not awesome is the fact that you gave us a randomly selected same exact order for us. Yeah. George got the first pick. I had the second, and Matt had the third. Yep. Yeah, here we go. Alvin Kamara, of course, number one overall Duh. pick by George. And then this, this I, I just can't with this. Rob Gronkowski again, again? number two overall pick. I, I threw my computer. <laughs> this is a brand new computer. Uh, sure, yeah. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon, thank you very much. Book it. Then, moving on, David Johnson was Williams' first running back, followed by Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham. That's quite a 2-3 turn. Then we got a string of wide receivers in Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen, and Julio Jones. Two of them, the latter two, are on my team here. I think Keenan Allen and Julio Jones just do Keenan Allen and Julio Jones things. 
And then our final round roundup with Christian McCaffrey, Saquon, looked great. Saquon's. Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson. That finishes out our draft. Of course, you can check out our full draft boards if you uh, that was too fast for you or you're on audio only at Draftaholics Pod on Twitter, on Instagram. We've always got those draft boards for you. So, guys, let's just roll right into it. This deep dive here doesn't have to be too deep, but let's just stick it up. It's statistics, heuristics, and logistics. <laughs> George, we'll start with you. Tell us the uh, tell us the narratives you see running through your team. Oh boy, Alvin Kamara is matchup proof. Okay, guys, it's okay, very okay. simple. It's, it's very simple. simple. There's no story with him. The words are: once upon a time, Alvin Kamara scores 90 points a game. <laughs> um, another story I like to tell is Big Ben at home. Big Ben never. He, he, I spoke to him once on the phone, and he said he doesn't like hotel beds. So he really has. He has a sleep number bed at home, and he loves to be at home. And he's guess what? He's home. Guess who else is home? Antonio Brown. I have a big week for both of them coming up. Um, if you played some DFS in week one, uh, some of the winners had uh, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, and Drew Brees on their lineups. Correct. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of that negative regression of having the running back one, the wide receiver one, and the quarterback one on the same team. Uh, hence the Odell and Saquon. I'm not afraid. Both of them had 100 plus yards and and, and a, a Saquon touchdown with just 15 points that the Giants put up on the board. The over under is 43 points, pretty low, but still you're expecting about 21 points from the Giants. So there's going to be another touchdown somewhere. So I predict at least a touchdown from both of them. And in regards to Drew Brees, two words. There's well four words. There's there's no Emmanuel Ogba. Mm. There's the story. Drew Brees just dropped 40 points on the Buccaneers, whatever you want, defense. And I foresee him dropping some more points again. The Browns, like I said earlier, gave up 472 total offensive yards, 313 in the air last week against uh, the Steelers. So Drew Brees is going to be firing on all cylinders. And uh, I probably will, you know what, I'll probably come in second again. That's my story. (laughs) We're tilting. We're all tilting. William, hit us up with logistics. What did you see? What was the strategy? Well, my strategy, it was exactly the same as last week. I knew that I wanted Gronk and Tyreek on my team. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. It's all good. He's uh, whatever Istik he wants to be. It's about my my strategy for winning the week, and I entered this week with the same thought, which was if I don't take Rob in the first, there's a possibility I don't get him in the second. No, there's not. Listen, look at me. Look at me. Look at me in the camera. You're right. Look at me in the camera. You ready? I am. I will never draft Rob Gronkowski on a three-person draft, ever. Okay. You can have him. Well, now, now I know. You can now take him in the fifth round. You can take him in the sixth. I will I, not take I him. Think, yeah, I think it's a misplacement of value. Okay. Of course, he's the best freaking tight end ever. Yeah, you're right. And, but I think that he has the ability, especially this week, again, to score better than many of the wide receivers. He scored 20 points, more than several of the wide receivers that were owned by these guys last week. And I feel like the combination of him and Brady plus Tyreek Hill can pop to win a draft week. I just want to talk about Tyreek Hill on the road with some actual numbers rather than just some theory about what Betty likes to sleep in. When Tyreek Hill is on the road, he has the possibility to explode. Last year, here's some numbers <laughs> I'm going to read off. 19, 15, 19, 13, 30. Those were Tyreek Hill's scores, scores on the road. Here's score at home. 4, 3, 6, 2, 3, 8, 5. That's much less. And that's that's actual evidence that this guy electrifies on the road. That actually was. Yeah, you can call me later. (laughs) Uh, The the point is that Tyreek Hill has the ability to unlock 
the game on the road, and Andy Reid uses him that way. He used him that way last year. There's a very strong possibility it happens again. My strategy stayed the same. I liked the running backs that were available later, so I not to say that I didn't really care, but I would have liked to get uh, Gurley or Gordon. Matt took both of them. I'm, I'm happy with Christian McCaffrey. I feel like he might take, take advantage of the loss of uh, Greg Olson, and... Uh, I feel like I have a chance to win it again, especially because I got Tyreek Hill on my team. I was already seeing analysts like Evan Silva tweeting about the loss of both Deion Jones and Keanu Neal in Atlanta. I hate to say that a uh, season is lost, but a defense may not be able to recover right. from that. I hope Atlanta figures it out. I know our Atlanta homer here yeah. really wants it to be figured out, but he was talking about the fact that they relied on that athleticism so much, especially in letting running backs catch the ball and then using that speed and athleticism to just close in quickly. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. I also saw the tight end position become wide open. Zach Ertz emerged yep. the minute those injuries happened in the Thursday night opener, and I, I just... We're actually going to get to yeah. the tight ends, tight ends there, and backs but I think that that Christian McCaffrey pick is strong. But again, guys, you can't let Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon fall yeah. in these kinds of drafts. I'm sorry, I don't think that's a good value play, and I'm I would be mad at you if I saw you and you told me you were a draftaholic and you did that thing. <laughs> but since William did it, he'd probably give you a hug or something. So I know I agree yeah. this time. I, I agree this time. I was wrong because I let Gurley and Gordon slip. I thought one of them was going to make it into the second round. Yeah, especially with Gurley, we got a home favorite. Yeah, he's going to score. Yeah, this is the type of matchup we look for. We look for a heavy favorite who has a defense that might be the storyline of that game, mm -hmm. and then it's the second half where they're up seven, they're up fourteen, and they just need to finish it out. That's the time when Gurley shines. Melvin Gordon, almost the exact same storyline, except he's on the road. Buffalo, if they look anything like as incompetent as they did against Baltimore, it's going to be a problem for them. I still think Keenan Allen is matchup-proof. It doesn't matter if they're favored by 14 or they're favored to lose by 14. Keenan Allen gets 10 quality targets. And Julio Jones, this man is back. Yeah. He looked healthy. He looked unguardable. Yeah against Philly's vaunted secondary, one of the best defenses in the league, so give it to me all day. Deshaun Watson, probably the least analytical pick I've made here on the Draftaholics. I believe in the talent still. I believe in Bill O'Brien. Uh, it looked like a player that was, dare I say, rusty. So, guys, I think this is going to be a much better draft. I think it's going to end up with the opposite of the outcomes last time, which means the second-place person gets... Second again? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, but I'll, I'll be in first. That's yeah, the biggest thing sure. there. All right, guys. We know what you want. It's those quick shots. We'll be right back with those takes. And we are back. The takes that we love the most. It, she shoots. And... Hey! Whoa! Wow. Did you shoot wow. that basketball all the way? Through the airwaves. To the Carolinas. That was a full, full court shot. It's a draftaholics quick shot, guys. We started off with the cash smash. A little new segment here. It's pretty obvious, though. This is somebody we didn't necessarily draft in our drafts, but boy, don't leave a DFS lineup without them. It doesn't really matter how much they cost. Just get them in because the ceiling and the floor is so high. They are just what you build your lineup around. Today, for me, it's Mike Evans. Mike Evans just won his matchup against Marshawn Lattimore, and that is a big deal. I don't know if he's just fully healthy now or he wasn't healthy before, but shout out to NFL Game Pass. I was able to watch all of his snaps, and he looked like a beast receiver again. 
The thing I also want to mention is that he caught 100% of his balls. He was efficient. That's not a word we usually say for Mike no. Evans. Only seven targets. Still 21% of the overall offense there. But that's really what I like to see. Now he gets Philadelphia, who just had trouble with Julio Jones, a true number one wide receiver where you know the ball is going to him all the time. If they can't stop the number one receiver, then Mike Evans is going to be unstoppable. Bring it on in this Philly matchup. People are going to be off it because of that Philly defense right. still holding a name. Let's move on. So my pick... Wait, so it's Ryan So it's, so it's it's Ryan Fitzefficient? Is that what his name's going to be? Uh, I don't know if that's going to stick. Yeah, Not Fitzmagic. I don't know if that's going to stick. It, it doesn't have to quite quite the ring, but we it, believe in your nickname it's, ability. It's stuck here. <laughs> it's All stuck right, my here. My smash is Melvin Gordon. And I'd like to also throw in the Chargers D as a stack. Uh, last yeah. week, the Bills gave up three touchdowns to the Ravens' trio of running backs. There's a very good chance all of those touchdowns are Melvin Gordon's this week. Also, like Eckler, by the way, is a little sneaky one. And they also they gave up a ton of points to the Ravens' D as well. It's going to be chalky, but stacking the Raven, uh, stacking the running back and defense against the, this, the Bills is going to be a good bet, Eat I think, chalk. this entire Eat year. It. Yeah, whether they're Enjoy facing it. Peterman or Allen, it's just it's going to be a good bet to, to run with the defense and the running back. But then, when you, when when that defense and running back happen to be Melvin Gordon, Gordon and the Chargers D, it's not just chalk. It's it's a smash. It's what you need to have on your team. It's, exactly. It's George chalk. was talking about you had to have the Saints, Thomas, Breeze, and Kamara on your team to win money in a lot of DraftKings lineup last week. So you shouldn't be afraid of that kind of correlation. Instead, you should realize when there's a chalky kind of pick that's going to actually be huge. It's going to win you money. Guaranteed. It feels weird, I think, because there's this idea that we need someone with really low ownership to win the big money in tournament play on DFS sites. But the bottom line is you need those points to get you there. Right. And if there's only two running backs getting you to 30 points and everyone knows who they're going to be, most likely, you need to have them in your lineup. It doesn't matter how much ownership they have. Right. Period. George, how about you, buddy? What was your cash smash pick? Uh, he's going to be coming from your matchup of the week, Matt. It's uh, James Conner. Uh, first of all, like I said, Big Ben loves his sleep number bed, so he's going to have a great game at home. Uh, James Conner last week went ballistic. 135 yards on the ground, 57 yards in the air, two rushing touchdowns. The Chiefs just gave up 102 yards to Melvin Gordon with a 4.3 yards per carry, and they also gave up a slew of yards to Austin Eckler, who had that incredible yeah, catch in the, back, uh, in the end you zone. Yeah, game pass. My goodness, that catch yeah. in the end zone. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if Austin Eckler, who who has only been fantasy relevant in regards to being a handcuff, is putting up a 5.87-1 uh, stat line against the Chiefs D, um, I'm going to want a lot of James Conner. I... Uh, his floor is is through the ceiling. His floor his floor through the ceiling. Kind of he's 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 he is the bell cow without the bell, and like uh, or he's the cowbell without the cow. Like I said a couple weeks ago, but he is exceptional, and he's going to continue smashing until Le'Veon reports to some team. Sure, it's chalk, but I like it. Like like we said, it, sometimes chalk is going to elevate you to a smash level. And don't worry if you've got Melvin Gordon, if you've got the Chargers D, and you've got yeah Connor. Anyway, you can fit great players into your lineup. And guess right. what? There's still room for that one percent owned guy that wins you the whole thing. Connor hasn't even gotten quite that expensive yet no. for the, for the kind of target share that he's getting. It's unbelievable. Yeah, you got to take yeah. advantage now before next week. It's even more expensive. Yeah, Angelo Williams all just over. Just don't him. take yeah. his price went up. 
Don't take Le- don't take Levine Toilolo. He's probably one percent owned as yeah, well. Yeah, actually, RIP this whole Detroit tight end. I don't know why we're tangenting into yeah. this part, but the Levine Toilolo, Michael Roberts was playing. Luke Wilson. Yeah. It didn't look good. It He's just fun. an actor after all. He might just still be an yeah. old school. All right, we're moving on. We're moving into the faded glory. This is a situation that the public might be on for whatever reason, and we're off of it completely, or we're just waiting to see how things play out before we try to win money off of them. William. I'm going to go you... with uh, with Kenny Stills in Miami. Last week he scored two touchdowns on five targets, and that's the part I want to point out. We expected an increase in volume with the lack of Jarvis Landry, and that didn't quite happen. The Jets' secondary, they were on fire last week. They only allowed one touchdown. Yes, there were a couple of deep balls, slight misconnections, but I do think they're going to stay hot, and they've got some corners that can keep up with the speed of stills. I, I think he's going to take a step back this week in terms of touchdown efficiency. I mean, he's not going to score 32 touchdowns this year. So because he it's has that possible. lack... It is Sure, it is possible. Because he has that lack of targets... I would fade him in, in, in daily fantasy. I'm not going to chase those points. I don't think he's going to be able to produce the same way he did last week if he's not getting that massive uptick in targets that we were expecting. You heard that phrase, chase the points. That's something we're going to say a lot. It happens in DFS. It happens every single week. Someone scores 25 points off two touchdowns. Their ownership does. Just goes straight up. And unless you know something that the public knows doesn't know, excuse me, it usually is something to fade. Right. So I like that take a lot. So my take is Adrian Peterson does not repeat his week one performance. A little bit of this is game script. I think we're going to see Chris Thompson's usage continue to rise slowly and steadily. At the same time, we're going to see Indianapolis's offenses continue to become more aggressive slowly and steadily. I don't know if that convergence point is week two, but I think we see a different game script than the Arizona-Washington game, which is just perfect for old-school Peterson. Mm -hmm. What I think you have happen, though, is people paying for old-school Peterson. When the advanced metrics say something else, number 40 in juke rate, number 35 in fantasy points per opportunity, this is a low-end RB2 in their ability to create yards, but... They look powerful. They got that name Peterson on the back of the jersey, and people will pay up for that because they think of those glory years and those glory days. And to be honest, as a fan, if it happens, I'll be happy. Yeah, I like watching it. It's awesome. I probably won't win money off it this week because I'm not playing it. I buy the fade, man. Yeah. George, what are you thinking? I'm fading all the way to Arizona with Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, Larry is oh, a man. perennial PPR maven. He's been doing it since since the dawn of dawn of man. Um, <laughs> but of I fear that I, I since the dawn of football, it was actually back in his day. It, they actually would would take the skin off the off the pig yeah. and just turn it into a football right there. Yeah. Is it? It's yeah. It's a you pig skin. You could have said something so, like, "Have you seen the video of him with the leather helmets?" But instead, yeah. you just made it so gory and really gruesome. Weird. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I did. Well, it's faded. I just I made it's it faded gory. gory yeah. though. <laughs> I, I saw that. Uh, so. Yeah, you did. So anyway, the, I fear the Rams D. Nadamakan Sue, Akeed Talib, Marcus Peters, Aaron Donald. These guys scare me. Um, Amari Cooper and Jordy Nelson were held to a combined four catches for a measly 96 feet for 32 <laughs> yards. Uh, just like just like Jared <laughs> just like Jared Cook, I expect RSJ uh, Ricky Seals Jones to have a really good night. Um, I mean, I don't know if he can put up nine catches for 180 yards, but I really do see the Cardinals and Sam Bradford, paging Sam Bradford, by the way, 
um, please come back to where you used to yeah. be with the Vikings. Um, they're gonna, they're gonna. Don't expect big numbers from Fitz. Don't expect Christian Kirk to have a big day. Don't expect any of the wide receivers. I'm gonna see a lot of David Johnson, I think, and some Ricky Seals Jones as well. I, I don't like it because I love Larry Fitzgerald, but I buy the fade too. Oh, I love him. Oh, I love I him. But I, yeah, he he graduated from the University of Phoenix. It was, it was, yeah, love. It's against the rules to not love Larry Fitzgerald. Right. So it, it was it was tough know. to watch them though last week. Yeah. So I'm with you. I'm staying off off the pass catchers there. Okay, now we are moving on to the floor play. This is where the matchup might not be perfect. The the wide receiver cornerback matchup might be scary, but the volume is there. Sometimes we think of this as ugly touches. So, George, let's start with you. Who did you have today for your floor play? Dion Lewis, and I do not fear the running back by committee with Mr. Derrick Henry. I don't think so. I, I don't think I do either. I, I don't know if Mariota's going to be playing. I don't know if it's going to be Blaine Gabbert. But if it's Mariota, I expect him to be not fully at 100%. If it's Blaine Gabbert, he's never been at 100% as a human being. Or, excuse me, as a quarterback. I expect a lot of... I expect... I'm sorry. No offense to Blaine. But I expect a lot of checkdowns. Uh, checkdowns to Deion Lewis. Uh, Deion went 16-75 in one touchdown last week. And he had five catches for 35 yards in a sloppy, sloppy game. Two very long rain delays where their bodies were warmed up and then really cold after waiting for hours to play and still Dion had 21 touches. I see a a a potential for even 25 plus touches going forward. James White had a touchdown last week against the Texans. James White is super similar to Dion Lewis in terms of size and catch, uh, pass catching ability. I'm gonna expect a similar stat line to to James White catches plus Dion Lewis's running ability on the ground. Uh, I'm all in for the floor play of Dion Lewis. Yeah, I think when you see a team give basically all of the valuable touches that you can give a player uh, at the running back position, go to one player, the RVBC situation does not matter anymore. Uh, Henry got all these first and second plotter runs, and Lewis got all the interesting plays. Maybe it goes back towards the middle a little bit at some point, but I really like that floor call there. I want to take a look at Isaiah Crowell, who I've talked about on this show before, so I won't wax poetic about the underlying metrics too much, but I think there will be a lot of people looking at Bilal Powell as the workhorse, and I think it's way more up in the air than that. I think there is a situation here where the Jets know exactly what they want to do with Powell and Crowell, and when was Crowell most effective? Remember, he had an ADP of running back 12, I believe, just last year with the Cleveland Browns, when Duke Johnson was the pass-catching back. They actually wanted to utilize a two-back system with a pass-catcher and a above-average between-the-tackles grinder, and I think they have a great system there right now. Sure. So I think that Crowell is locked in for quality touches from a coach and coaching staff that believes in him that will put him in the right situation for his skill set. That is a situation that's going to be low-owned because, again, I, I heard this week a bunch of high-profile analysts touting Bilal Powell as the dude out there late in games. Sometimes when you're out there late in a blowout, it's not a good thing, right? It's because the coaches have somebody else that they have on ice. So I think Crowell is a much safer play than the public believes right now. Okay. I buy this, it. Yeah? Oh. Yeah. George buys it. <laughs> My floor pick for this week is Alex Smith. Listen, last week he was efficient, 255 yards, two touchdowns. The Colts D let a similar stat line go to go, go to Dalton last week, 243 and two touchdowns. 
his price is not quite reflecting how efficient the Washington offense looked. I think that he's still he's on the low tier of the quarterback one, maybe even quarterback two price. And but you can expect a floor from him that I feel like the price doesn't exactly reflect yet. I feel like they've got more of a chance to pass in this game using Chris Thompson out of the backfield to catch some passes, which is only going to raise his floor. And they've got the, the possibility of a D shot against the Colts D. Uh, I like the idea of, of Alex Smith as an efficient quarterback that you can count on to build your lineup around because he's not super expensive, but you can guarantee the points for what you're paying. Yeah, I believe he's QB 15 this week on the DraftKings slate. That is a great price for a lot of production. Especially if you feel like he's definitely going to be in the top 10. Yeah, absolutely. Alright, so it's now on to the moonshot. And boy, we had some great moonshot calls. Shout out to you, Sloten. That was great with the Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, it hit. It hit big time. He did hit. Yeah, it was awesome. So, I'm gonna see, and you know what? It's not for the record. I know, I know. I'm speaking a thousand miles away from y'all, but it's not. It's not. History will repeat itself. Hear me out. Deshaun Jackson's in the slot. He's got a new role. He will be having these weeks. If you didn't get him in a best ball league, get him now in some best ball leagues. He's not going to be that expensive yet. And in DFS, he's still he's still going to be outside the top 24 in terms of pricing for some wide receivers. So pick up the DJX money when you can. He, uh, Moving he on. did, I believe, suffer a concussion, and right. he uh, has a couple injuries to work his way back from. He's they, they, he, he should be okay at least later on in the season, hopefully week two. So... I don't think that. Oops, sorry. I don't think that is our ceiling play for today for any of us. But Djax is pretty much a ceiling play any week, and he might just have a big year if he stays healthy. So let's start off with William. You had a really interesting, and it is based on some of the news we need to hear about later in the week. But this running back has a shot here. Yeah, my moonshot is Carry uh, On Johnson. It might be a little bit selfish because I own him in redraft, but. Honestly, he was the best-looking running back in Detroit. I agree. There was a little stint there, I think it was in the second quarter, where he was getting every ball and also catching passes. And you could just tell he was much more talented than LeGarrette Blunt running the ball. Now there's some question marks about his health. I think there's a possibility that Carrion could be the, the turning point that Detroit needs to get something the done. Spark plug. Yeah, sure. There was a lot. In the Motor City. There was obviously a lot going wrong in Detroit. You know, Stafford threw the four picks. You also, you just told me about this earlier, but apparently the defense could read the play calls of of Patricia. Yeah, uh, I was seeing on social media that the Jets, multiple Jets players, said that they could tell the signals and the audibles and right. That just seems really that really like gross incompetence from the offensive exactly. coordinator. Yes, and so if they are already willing to give Carry On a little bit of an opportunity in Week One in the second quarter, and they're not going to have Legarrette Blunt, there's a possibility that Carry On can finally show his talents, and that would be a huge pop and a moonshot for us. Yeah. Did no one like my like Matt Patricia impression there? I didn't. I didn't quite. Oh, that was missed my, it. Hold on. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, where's yeah, where's Belichick? Well, as one of eight. New coaches that all oh, lost. Seven, 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 seven. Oh, yeah, right, sorry. Seven. As all seven new coaches losing, he couldn't have felt good to, like, cap that week off like that. But, yeah, you're right. A defeated hey, Garrett, pencil over his ear. LeGarrette averaged negative 2.3 yards per carry, guys. Right. Well, oh. he got hurt early. I mean, he had negative four. It was in the second half, but it was yeah. not pretty. Yeah. It was not pretty. All right, we're moving yeah. on. Okay, this is a real moonshot, guys. This player played 14 snaps in week one. 
That's not last times. But we're betting on the game, and we're betting on the talent. It's James Washington, Pittsburgh Steelers. This time last year, going into week two, there was a young receiver on the Steelers who we weren't sure would be anything in his rookie year. But then we started to see, come week two, week three, there were certain packages installed specifically for this player. And I think we start to see that now with Washington. He got targeted and caught the ball in the end zone. It was just called back, changing his stat sheet entirely to basically a bunch of zeros. However, that means they're already thinking about ways to use him. That gets me excited. Let's be ahead of the train on this one. Let's see if James Washington hits in this big splash game against the Chiefs. I like the take. Yeah, he was was pretty good in the preseason. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Why wouldn't they want to plan that into the regular season? All right, George, let's hear your moonshot. Mike Vestike Williams. Speaking of... <laughs> I don't have anything. These names are failing horribly today. Uh, it's okay. Look, look, it's fine. It's fine. Mike Williams played only 30 more snaps than James Washington. He produced a quiet 13 points in PPR. He went five catches for 81 yards on six targets. He played fewer snaps than Keenan, Tyrell Williams, and Travis Benjamin. They are going to Buffalo, so I expect a lot of running the ball once they get a big lead. And uh, that's but but before they get a big lead, someone's going to have to score. The Ravens wide receiver core had three touchdowns against the Bills last week on just 236 passing yards. Uh, Philip Rivers was on fire last week, and if he passes for more than 300 yards, I foresee at least you know three or four touchdowns going to be going around. I expect Keenan to have one. I expect Melvin to have one, and I expect one or two to go to some other people. You know, whether it's uh, Antonio Gates or Mike Williams or Tyrell. You know, whoever. Oh, Tyrell, R.I.P. No fan. Not a fan. But he's not dead. But he's dead to me. Um, moonshot of the week. Mike Williams was a big fan of him in college. He's got, and he's he's a big boy, and he's filling big shoes. I don't know whose shoes he's filling, but they're big. But he's gonna hit, and George is gonna throw the dance party of all. Yeah, he's gonna hit. Sure, I just feel like a moonshot is more like Tyrell Williams, the guy who's gonna bust open a ninety-yard reception, something crazy like that. I I gotta stay out of this. I feel like I've argued my side for this so hard. I've made us draft him so many times. What was Tyrell's? What was Tyrell's stat line this week? Uh, he dropped. He dropped an easy pass. Yeah, in the end he would have had a touchdown hands yeah. on a deep ball. Yeah, yeah. it would have been much better. But I told right. you so. Well, hey, you, you can't say D- I told you so before it happened. He had the D Jacks <laughs> pick, so he could have done it last week. Yeah, exactly. Too. Yeah. All right, we're gonna get into our one lineup to rule them all. Ooh. That's right. It's our one lineup to rule them all. William, why don't you break down what the lineup was today? All right. This week we were over on DraftKings. As our quarterback, we have Pat Mahomes expecting another explosion in that big pit Kansas City game. He was 12.2% of our budget. We're playing James Conner, who we expect to have a huge workload, 13.4%. Isaiah Crowell at 9.2%. Starting out our three wide receivers with Michael Thomas, 17.2%. Julio Jones at 16.8%. And a very affordable Quincy Inunua at 9.4%, getting all of those targets. Yeah, if he has another York. game like he did on Monday, he will not be cheap for He long. was the number one receiver, exactly. Yeah. And then money, we got money. Ian Thomas in there at tight end at 5.8%. Very up, affordable. Folks. Yeah, yeah he had two receptions after Greg Olson went down, but most importantly, he was in on all of the snaps. Then we've got Austin Eckler in our flex 
at 8.8% and the Chargers D at 7.2. So that's kind of a variation on the stack I was talking about earlier. We expect the Chargers to do really well and shut down the Bills, and you can stack them with the running back. Eckler's kind of a contrarian play, that pass catcher, but if he's the new Woodhead, if he makes another amazing catch in the end zone like he did last time, we could be winning a million dollars with this ticket. Yeah, I think one of the ways I really like the upside of this lineup is there's two ways for that flex play to be a home run. One, it could be a blowout, and you could see Austin Eckler just coming in for mop-up duties, getting right. a lot of carries, like and last just week. finishing up the second yeah. half. Or it could be a situation where they're keying in on Allen and Gordon, and they need their auxiliary weapons, and that's where Eckler shines, where right. he's getting those swing passes where the plays move in one direction and he is moving the other Fantastic. Uh, if you saw the play that Philip Lindsay scored on, that's the exact type of usage right. that they want for Eckler all year. It doesn't have to be spectacular corner of the end zone catches. Right. So that was my favorite part, especially the floor play, too, of Isaiah Crowell. Now, full disclosure, George, you are helping out your family as we finalize this roster. Do you have any uh, takes here, any changes you would make, any uh, things you, you just want to toss the computer Anything out? Anything you disagree with? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm not going to... Uh, okay, I, I do like the lineup overall. I, I do. Um, I especially like the uh, the wide receiver trio of, my, of Mike Thomas, Julio, and Anunua. I think Anunua is poised for a top 12 year. Julio and Mike uh, both have exceptional floors. Um, I'm, I, I'm, I, would, I would fade Crowell, of all those people, actually, and Eckler. Um, I, I fear Eckler's usage. I understand where you're coming from. I'd start with Eckler. I fear, I fear Eckler's usage, even in a blowout, um, I don't, um, if you go through his game logs of last year, even with blowouts, I think he only had one or two touchdowns. One was like, uh, just him randomly in, one was a blowout touchdown and one was a non-blowout touchdown. So I wonder if Eckler is going to get that same usage he got last, last week, if he really is going to take over that Danny Woodhead, Deion Lewis type of role or, you know, that, that pass catching back. Um, and in regards to Crowell, I, I would wait until, the Crowell Bilal Powell dust settles um, before putting money on one of my two running backs, uh, being Crowell. But the rest of it, I'm all I'm all for. Even that Ian Thomas and pick, you don't hate that it. being said, no. I mean, I, I really like the Panthers' offense. I like Cam. I like whoever Cam throws the ball to. Funches hasn't really sold himself to me as a full wide receiver more. one yet. Christian McCaffrey. Um, yeah, I mean, this is DJ Moore second. Second game of all time. I know. It, I know it's the same for Ian Thomas, but I think people are going to be the the defenses are, will not be prepared for Ian Thomas. They will they will plan around Christian McCaffrey and Funchess and Cam, but I don't think they're going to have any. They have no footage on Ian Thomas. That's for sure. So what are they going to plan that's for? That's true. That's true. Sure. All right, go out and win a million dollars. We're going to do better than our last lineup that came just short of cashing in on the millionaire lineup. Uh, not the full million, but making our money. We're going to make more money on right. our one lineup to rule them all going forward. Folks, that is another episode of Draftaholics. You're going to have all the week two games in the books next time you see us. Folks, have a great weekend. Enjoy those games. Stay healthy, quarterbacks. Man, way too Be safe, scared. everybody. Yeah, stay safe. That's right. Stay dry. Stay warm. Uh, man, we're thinking about you guys. There are always things bigger than football. For the Draftaholics, I'm Matt Savoca at Draftaholic on Twitter. Across from me, I'm William Spinato at W Spinato. Two N's, one T. On this beautiful screen right here is Mr. At George Sloten. 
Virtually, I'm always yours. Virtually, the jokester. Follow me if you dare. Glad to be here in any in All any right, state. Guys, enjoy week two. Make that money. Remember the draftaholics. You're only as good as your last pick. As your last, last pick. pick. <laughs> Deuces. Good night. Good night.